Bitch. Is that better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Hey, bitches. Welcome back to another episode of Bitches Better. I'm your host, Raven, and I'm doing a solo episode today. It's just me and you. It's me and you now. I've been waiting. Okay, let me stop. Let me stop. Um, I love y'all. I don't want to hurt your precious little ears. But yeah, um, I felt like we were due for a solo episode. So here we are. Uh, lots to talk about today. So let's get into it. Start with Bad Bitch, Raggedy Bitch. And I actually have two of each. So Bad Bitch, my first one is Issa Rae. This bitch is killing it. Literally everything she touches turns to gold. Let me tell y'all about two just excellent shows on HBO Max that she created, uh, Sweet Life LA and Rap Shit. So Sweet Life LA is a reality show, and this is actually going to be its second season. And I'm so excited because I loved the first season, was obsessed with it. And I would describe it as like a grown-up Baldwin Hills And Baldwin Hills was a reality show on BET that followed these high school kids that lived in Baldwin Hills. And it's basically it basically was like a black version of Laguna Beach. It was so good. So Sweet Life LA is following these 20 somethings. And it's just, you know, about their lives their working, their love lives, all their drama with their friend group. It's just really good. Um, And it comes back next week on August 4th. I think that's Thursday. So you should definitely check it out. And now the second show, uh, Rap Shit, is a scripted show. And it's about two girls from Miami that went to high school together. They lost touch and then they reconnected and started a rap group. And it's actually, can I speak? It's actually based on uh, the City Girl story. And JT and Young Miami are actually executive producers on the show. And I thought that was really cool. But the show's really good. It's so funny. There's good music. And it's got like that insecure vibe to it as well. Uh, and that one started last week. And uh, so I think there's there's like a few episodes out now. So cheers to Issa Rae. Make sure you watch those shows and then tell me what you think after you watch them. Um, okay. <laughs> my my second bad bitch is going to be Chef Rachel from Below Deck. So I <laughs> I'm not sure what sparked this, but Rachel was dragging dragging Austin from Southern Charm on Twitter yesterday. And um, she she tweeted, cheers to the most narcissistic twat on Bravo. (laughs) And like included, I don't know, a link to some article about him. And first of all, the way that she spelled narcissistic. Wow, I felt like I was having a stroke reading it, but I knew what she meant. And I support her. But I was like, Oh, my God, (laughs) what is going on? So then she went on to say, I don't sit down. I stand up. I'm tired of the BS. I refuse to participate in BravoCon. Done with bullies. And she tagged Bravo in the tweet. And she also said, P.S. Fuck below deck. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, like I said, it, this seems like this all came out of nowhere. But then... I remembered that I saw her tweet something a couple of weeks ago, basically saying that, you know, it was bullshit that the Southern Charm cast gets paid what they do and that below deck, basically, they don't get paid shit. 
And um, that below deck has much better ratings than Southern Charm. So she was like, it doesn't make any sense. And when she said that, I was like, oh, and she was also like, um, oh, don't even like get me started. But I was like, okay, wait, you already started. <laughs> so tell us how much everyone gets paid. Like, I need to know that information. <laughs> so, um, of course, Austin responded to Rachel and he was like, Rachel, what the fuck? <laughs> so he was like, what the fuck? So clearly he was shocked by all of this too, which I love. Um, and someone from Bravo sent her a message and was like, uh, can you please delete all of this shit? Like, we can't have you talking about the shows like this. And she was like, yeah, no. <laughs> and also, fuck you. Like, Rachel is wild. But like, that behavior doesn't surprise me at all. Because I mean, I watched her on Below Deck. Um, it's just the subject matter that's surprising. I'm here for it, though. Like, Team Rachel. Um, now, <laughs> Her whole like I refuse to go to BravoCon thing, like like I said, I'm I'm Team Rachel. I support her, but like, girl, I don't really think people are checking for you like that. So that <laughs> that whole threat is not really carrying much weight. But like, do your thing, you know. And oh my god, but did y'all see her whole thing with Tyra? Um, that wasn't too long ago, maybe last week. But for those of you who don't know, Rachel actually tried out for America's Next Top Model like years and years ago. And she didn't end up getting selected. But during her like audition, Miss J basically told her that, you know, if she was going to make it, she was going to be a plus size model, which, you know, is insane because she's not plus size. But we all know what it was like during that time. Like if you weren't a size zero, you were plus size. And that was that. So this photo comes out of Tyra and, you know, she's like gained some weight, like whatever, no big deal. It happens to all of us. But Rachel decided to hop on Twitter and be like, oh, well, would you look at that? Funny to see this coming from someone who told me I couldn't model because I was too big or whatever. <laughs> Y'all, people were eating her up in the comments, like, because first of all, it wasn't even Tyra who said that to her, like it was Miss J. And they didn't say that she couldn't model. They just said that she would be a plus size model, but like, whatever. Um, but also, like, even if Tyra did say that, like, why would you body shame someone if you didn't like it when it happened to you? You know what I mean? So not Team Rachel <laughs> on that one, but a very much Team Rachel in the case of Rachel versus Austin. All right. Raggedy bitch. Uh, the first one. The first one goes to Dorinda, actually. Um, and y'all know that I love her, but <laughs> it is what it is. So I made like a dumb little meme about Dorinda and her aggressive itin I little oh my god, I can't speak. I'm so sorry, y'all. And her aggressive itineraries on um Ultimate Girls Trip. And it was just like very playful, which is why I tagged her in it. Well, she slid into my DMs and was like, um, you know, we're making a TV show, right? And like some emojis after it, but not fun ones like, uh, <laughs> like the facepalm one, the eye roll one. And I was like, okay. So in that moment, I was like, okay, wait, is she being funny? Or is she like getting sassy with me? Like, does she want to tussle? Like, and history would say yes, you know, because she can't, she can't take a little jokey joke, you know. And there's a perfect example of that in the finale episode of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. 
So I was like, do I engage or or not? You know? And so like I started typing something and then because <laughs> I was just gonna be like, yeah, I, I know that you are filming a TV show. Like it's just jokes. But then I was like, no, I'm I'm disengaging. I'm not doing this, you know, because she's an unreasonable person and it's just not worth it. And I was also thinking like, oh my God, if you're responding to this little meme in this way, like you don't want to see some of the other ones that I've done. (laughs) And they're just a couple of posts away, you know, then she'd really want to (laughs) tussle. And you know, I like Dorinda, but like this kind of thing puts a bad taste in my mouth. Like this is why I don't want to interact with these people on the shows. Like they say, don't meet your heroes for a reason. (laughs) And like, she's definitely not my hero, but like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, Dorinda is the first raggedy bitch. The second raggedy bitch is just anyone who puts those little exclamation points on emails to like market as high priority. I hate that. Like, it's never high priority or super important when they do it. And it always pisses me off. (laughs) When I see that red exclamation point on an email, it takes everything in me not to immediately put it in the trash can. And I have a client that literally does that on like 95% of her emails that she sends to me. I'm like, babe, your exclamation point means nothing to me. I will get to it when I get to it. Period. (laughs) Period. Um, and those are the raggedy bitches for the week. Um, now let's, let's talk about some news. It's been a busy news week, y'all. So stay with me here. Okay. Let me set the scene. You've been on a beautiful, luxurious vacation in Hawaii. You've got a tan, you're well rested, you're recharged, and you're just ready to go home. So you get off the plane and you head to baggage claim. Your bag is one of the first ones to come out and that never happens. So you're excited and you feel like, damn, like life is really good. Everything is going my way. So you're making your way out of the airport and then bam, a woman that you don't know just runs up on you and serves you with papers for a $50 million racketeering lawsuit. (laughs) That is what happened to Erica Jane on Monday. (laughs) And like... All I can do is laugh. Like, and if you watch the video from page six, you can see Rinna lurking in the background. And if Erica's around, if Erica's around, Rinna won't be far behind because, you know, she has her head up Erica's ass at all times. So she must have just come up for air at this particular moment. That I could only imagine, like, what that car ride home from the airport was like. Just like Erica doing just all the cussing and just like saying this is bullshit and Rinna just doing that obnoxious head nod and agreeing with everything that Erica says. Like I can see it right now. (laughs) It's just like, Oh my God, Erica is going down y'all. Yeah. Mark my words. I know that sounds like a threat, but it's not. I just mean like (laughs) she's going to get caught up with whatever this is. And like the consequences are not going to be pretty. And so I just hope that she, you know, she just needs to like brace herself. Okay. Also, Tamara is back. I talked about this in the last Patreon episode um, when I was talking about Ultimate Girls Trip, but I realized I hadn't talked about it on the main one. So when I talked about it on Patreon, it was just... <laughs> It was just like Jill and like how she broke the news and Tamara hadn't confirmed it yet. 
but we all knew it was true. So now it's confirmed. And y'all know I'm not a huge Tamra fan. Like I'm still holding a grudge about the naked wasted thing. However, Orange County absolutely needs her. That show is on its last leg. So bringing her back was a good call, I think. Um, I think they should have kept Noella for drama purposes. But you know, whatever. I low key wish it <laughs> that Vicky hadn't shown her ass so badly on the last uh, on her last season of OC, because they could use her too. And that's tough for me to say because she's proven to be pretty terrible over the last few years. But like OC is desperate for some good people. And I hate to say anything positive about her. But she is good TV. And she made me laugh a lot on Ultimate Girls Trip. (laughs) And I hate that for me. (laughs) I really do. I was like, Oh, I miss this Vicky, you know, just like screaming, being dramatic, going to the ER, like (laughs) it was good times. (laughs) I like how great would it have been for Vicky and Tamara to return to OC together? I actually kind of feel bad for Vicky because, you know, she was like wishing that she could go back with Tamara. But oh, well. Um, So anyway, back to Tamara. Her announcement was so cute. So she was on Watch What Happens Live last week uh, with Vicky. And we all assumed that that's when she would be announcing that, you know, she would come back, that she was coming back on the show. Uh, But she didn't. And I was like, hmm. That's odd. So the next night, she rings the doorbell. I watch what happens live and she struts out there and she's like, oh, I forgot something. She grabs an orange from a strategically placed bowl, turns around in true housewife fashion and says, the judge is back and drama is in session. Y'all, I'm not even kidding you. (laughs) I got chills. I was like, oh my God, this bitch is back for real. And that tagline is so good. I was like, okay, she's here. She's back and she's ready to work. And hopefully she can help OC out because like I said, they are literally, oh my God, literally on life support. And I think I am too. Jesus Christ, I can't speak today. Okay. Moving on. Um, Teresa is trolling. Like, (laughs) so you know how before she refused to include Melissa in her bridal party because they're not close? (laughs) Well, she just decided to add Dolores, Jen, and some other woman I don't know. Um, But still no Melissa. (laughs) And I have to laugh. Like, she just really hates Melissa. And it's sad, but it's also funny. Because why is Jen in the bridal party? Dolores makes sense, but Jen, (laughs) come on now, Teresa. Also, this bridal party seems like it's enormous. Like, how many bridesmaids does she have at this point? Like, 13? Teresa, (laughs) you better stop it. And speaking of her wedding, she's apparently getting a four-part wedding special, which... You know, it seems excessive, but I know, you know, it's Teresa. So she's going to get more than anyone else. I just like four parts, though. Like, that is so much. I think I'll watch the fourth part. Like, if that, <laughs> if that. Um, Congrats to her, though. You know, she went from a scamming felon to a grifter. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations, Teresa. You really know how to pick them. Um, okay. <laughs> so... Speaking of bad taste in men, last week we talked about Sheree dating the sex demon that is Martel Holt. And I mean, I was so shook. I still am. But this week, 
Sheree confirmed that she and Martel are in fact dating and that she's even introduced him to her friends. So like this is really happening. And she said that they met through a mutual friend. And I need to know who that friend is. Like, is it Carlos King? Is it, uh, you know, is this friend on TV? Do we know who they are? Give me more details. Don't be so vague. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> so, yeah, that story is developing. I will be watching it very closely. Um, okay. Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3 just finished filming. So I want them to, you know, just hurry up and do all of their editing as quickly as possible so that I can get my eyes on that show. Someone pointed out something really interesting to me about that reel that the women posted the other day. Um, everyone's in it and they're dancing except one Leah McSweeney. She was nowhere to be found. Now, I don't know if this means anything, but like, I low-key hope it does. <laughs> you know, like maybe she got into a big fight with like Candace and she didn't go to this activity or they were like, no, you can't be in the video. We don't like you. You can't sit with us, but you can record us though. <laughs> like <laughs> a girl can dream. Um, And that's nothing against Leah. I don't dislike her. Um, You know, I'm just daydreaming about the drama that we're going to get. And I have to say, I much prefer it that way, um, as opposed to, you know, people leaking the information about what's happening and who's fighting in real time. Like, no, I want to find out as I'm watching it and not a moment sooner. Thank you. Okay, that's it for the news. Um, Let's talk about Atlanta. Y'all, Marlo is doing too much. I I am team Kenya, obviously. Um, I, I love both of them, but I will always be team Kenya. But at this point, like, Marlo just, she doesn't just want a moment. Like, she wants all of the moments. And, like, she's doing everything she can to make that happen. Like, she doesn't want to let Kenya hang out with them if she doesn't stay at the house. She's like, if you weren't sleeping under the same roof as us, then, you know, you can't sit with us. You can't hang out with us. And that's stupid. So Kenya shows up to the house like super early in the morning and she's kind of like sneaking and tiptoeing in. And I don't know why. (laughs) At first, I thought like maybe she was trying to make it seem like she stayed the night uh, so that Marlo wouldn't give her any shit. But I'm like, girl, Marlo knows you didn't stay the night here. But when she got into the house, she was like being loud as hell. So I was like, (laughs) okay, you're not trying to be sneaky. So... I'm not sure why she was tiptoeing her way in, but whatever. So for some odd reason, Kenya storms into Drew's room and like demands to see her boobs. (laughs) And Drew actually showed them to her. I'm not sure why. Like the whole thing was very strange. (laughs) But after that, Kenya goes and she talks to, um, to Sonia about the whole Marlo situation. And she's like, listen, Marlo can drop the act. Okay. She doesn't give a fuck about me. Look at how she treated her nephews. If she can kick them to the curb like that, then why would she treat me any better than them? Like she loves them. (laughs) And then she tells this story about how when she was younger, um, her family kind of did the same thing to her. Like she was supposed to stay with some family member on her mom's side. And eventually like they just had enough of her. So they ended up like sending her back to wherever she came from, but she wasn't having it. So she literally jumped out of a moving vehicle and ran away to her ex-boyfriend's house and stayed there for weeks. 
No one knew where she was for weeks. Like, Kenya's life is just like, oh my God, a series of terribly sad events. Like, I hate that for her. She's got a lot going on. Um, But yeah, she's clearly triggered by the situation with Marlo kicking the boys out. And that's understandable. But I still don't think she should be bringing them up like at all. Because why? Kids are off limits. Say it with me now. Kids are off limits. We all know this. So Marla wants to talk to Kenya and like try to clear the air before they leave the house to like go do their activity for the day. But Kenya's not having it. (laughs) She's not having it. Marla's like, Kenya, we need to talk. And Kenya's like, no, I'm not interested. I don't want to do that. And when I tell you, (laughs) when I tell you that Kenya like just channeled her inner Sonia and started running around the house, running away from Marlo. Like it was, <laughs> it was hilarious. Like she was going up the stairs. She was going down the stairs. She was going down the hallways and the poor cameramen were just doing their absolute best to keep up with them. Like it was so funny. So they finally face off and they're standing outside and Marlo basically tells Kenya to keep William and Michael's, uh, names out of her mouth and like stop talking about them. And she should because kids are off limits. And this whole thing just like made me really nervous because these two notoriously hit below the belt. Like Kenya was pushing it. Excuse me. Kenya was pushing it by, I mean, talking about how Marlo gave the boys away or kicked them out, you know, because she was being nasty about it. She was. Um, But here's some tea. So on Candy's YouTube show, Speak On It, Candy said that they cut out all the stuff that Marlo was saying about Kenya's daughter, Brooklyn, and that she was going way below the belt. And it was really bad. And I'm just like, okay, but so why would they cut that out? Like, Marlo is nasty, and we know that. So, like, why are the editors protecting her now? Like, what is that about? It actually kind of pisses me off. Um, So, knowing that information makes the fact that Candy kind of, like, switched up and was taking Marlo's side over Kenya's in this situation even stranger. Like, how could she possibly take Marlo's side? in this situation. You know what I'm saying? Especially considering how Marlo had been talking about her and treating her so far this season. Like, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, everyone ends up waiting in the driveway for an hour and a fucking half because Marlo won't let up on the can you can't come with us until she talks to me thing. It is literally a standoff. It's <laughs> it's so stupid. Like I would have just gone back inside and like laid down and had a snack because I'm not standing here or sitting here in the driveway for an hour. Like that's just stupid. And wow. While they're in the driveway, um, we also have the Drew and Fatum beef. Remember that one? <laughs> so Drew is like, you know, I really want to go gem mining, but um, I don't want to ride in the car with that bitch. And that bitch that she's referring to is Fatum, <laughs> who just arrived that morning. So she doesn't want to ride with Fatum because, you know, she's a weird stalker. And also Sheree's lapdog, according to Drew. Drew? Drew was barking at Fatum. <laughs> she was literally barking at her. Like, this is so silly. Um, and like, Fatum honestly kind of lived up to what Drew said. Like, 
not necessarily a lap dog, but definitely like, you know, a little dog that barks a lot and is getting really worked up because she is on 10 yelling at Drew. It was wild to see like, who are you? <laughs> like, literally, who are you? She, Fatoum wants to be a housewife so bad. Like, and I said that last week, but we're seeing a lot of her and Monietta all of a sudden. So I don't know what's going on with the casting people or like what they're up to, but they aren't slick. Okay. We don't need Fatoum as a housewife or a friend. Like, the cast is just, it's fine how it is. Like, leave it alone. So, Amidst all the different arguments that are going on, the ladies just randomly go jump on this trampoline that's in the backyard. And all of a sudden, everything's fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. Like Marlo let it go. And they all head to the gem mining activity, which is so stupid, by the way. Like, I've had enough of these dumb activities. I am just not interested. And it was just as whack as I expected it to be. Like, just go have lunch or something. That would be more entertaining. Because then I can see your food and be like, oh, what's that? That looks good. So as they're mining for gems, Fatum (laughs) comes and sits down across from Drew. And Drew immediately gets up. (laughs) She immediately gets up and Fatum loses her mind. She starts yelling at Drew. She's like, sit down and like all this shit like that. And Drew's paying her no attention. She just calmly walks away without a word. And I honestly don't understand why Fatum is coming so hard. Like it's weird and it's embarrassing and it's thirsty. You know, it's it's giving Yovana that bitch from Clark, and that's not good. Like, look where she is now. You know, I mean, I don't I don't know where she is, but <laughs> I know where she isn't, and that's on the cast of Real Housewives of Atlanta. So you need to simmer down, Fatum. What you're doing is stupid. It's not you're not doing what you think you are. Um. Now, what I did enjoy about this little outing was Kenya telling. <laughs> the owner that she disrupted his Trump 2024 sign and she handed it back to him. (laughs) And, you know, I was wondering why he seems so like short and like rude, but that Trump 2024 sign answers all of my questions. (laughs) Like I had a feeling, but after that moment, I was like, Oh, okay. Got it. And I know that man was so happy when they left, you know, he's never had that many black people. in there at once. And he likes it like that. Okay. (laughs) So when they get back to the house, um, Marlo's all upset that everyone's fighting. Like the vibes are just off and the trip isn't what she thought it was going to be. And so she's over it and she wants to leave. Now I'm convinced that if she chose a better location, this wouldn't be an issue. You know, all they can do is go gem mining and like eat So, of course, they're going to fight. You know, it's just like ultimate girls trip at Bluestone Manor. The location sucked. Like there was nothing else to do but fight, to be honest with you. So while they're talking, Fatum apologizes to Marlo for fighting with Drew and, you know, showing her ass earlier. And (laughs) while she's in the middle of her apology, Drew throws out a dog bone and says something like, oh, chew on that. (laughs) So... So this is a continuation of what she said before about Fatum being Sheree's lapdog. And I <laughs> I have questions. Like, has she been carrying that around all day? Like, where did she get it from? 
Did they stop by the store on the way back from gem mining? Did she bring it from home? Because she doesn't have a dog. Like, did she do Postmates? Like, it's just so ridiculous. And definitely rehearsed. Like, she has been waiting to do that for so long. You know, when she was at home, she was like practicing her delivery of this with Ralph. Like she was like, yeah, if she says this, then I'm going to say that. And I'm going to throw out the dog bone. Like, this is so stupid. (laughs) So stupid. So after that, you know, because now they're arguing again, Marlo kicks everyone off the trip. Okay, she was like, I'm calling call. Oh, my God. She's like, I'm calling cars for y'all. So get the fuck out. Okay, get out. Good night. And Kenya was like, Oh, you ain't got to tell me twice. And she just like gets up and goes away immediately. And I was like, Well, damn, like, do they have to go right now? Like they can't even stay the night. <laughs> And that was the episode, like, (laughs) one thing about Atlanta, like, (laughs) they are going to make me fucking laugh consistently. And I love and appreciate them for that, truly. Oh, it makes me so happy. Um, Oh, God. And so does Married to Medicine. So let's talk about Married to Medicine. Um, Y'all, Anila is so selfish. Like, I understand being sad that your nanny is leaving, Because, you know, she's been with you for years. You love her, all of that. But I just really didn't like Anila's response to her nanny when she told her that she was leaving. Like that lady made them a nice dinner. And she was like, listen, I got to go. You know, I want to be with my kids and my grandkids. And Anila's selfish ass was like, wait, what? Do you have to go? Like, yes, bitch. She wants to be with her family. And she was like, well, what are we supposed to do? Like, bitch, figure it out. Okay, it's not my problem. You're rich. You have money and resources. Everything will be just fine. So and then they tell the kids and the little girl, you know, she's really upset. And the little boy is just like, oh, my God, my pinto beans. <laughs> like, if you leave, who's going to make my pinto beans? And Anila was like, well, I'll try and make them. And he was like, ew, no. <laughs> Like, he didn't say that, but his face did. And it was hilarious. So as the nanny is driving off into the sunset, the poor little girl, she is sobbing, so upset. And the little boy just, he just kept saying pinto beans to himself. (laughs) Like, that child loves pinto beans. So Anila better figure out how to make them the way that he likes them or else. (laughs) Okay. Have you all seen that TikTok of the little boy like sending voice notes to his sister threatening to beat her ass like if if she doesn't bring him some snacks (laughs) he's like you better bring me some snacks before i beat your ass (laughs) if you don't if you do then you're not gonna get beat ass but if you don't whoo bitch you gonna get it (laughs) it makes me laugh every time i think about it but yeah, that's Anila's son is bringing that energy when it comes to the pinto beans. So she better take care of that sooner rather than later. Um, so uh, everyone, everyone is sick of Heavenly and all of her shit talking. So Contessa comes up with the idea to do an intervention with Heavenly. Horrible idea. Okay, this is not going to go over well. I mean, interventions in general, like rarely do like, Did y'all ever watch that show, Intervention? I mean, this is obviously not the same because Heavenly isn't like a drug addict or anything, but it's the same approach. Like, she's not going to face her issues or take accountability. So it's not going to be pretty. 
So Contessa has invited everyone over for a movie night, in quotes, but it's really Heavenly's intervention. And uh, Contessa's wig on intervention night? No, was not a fan. Take that shit off, girl. Anyway, upon entry, you got to turn over your phone and put it in the bucket because they didn't want anyone giving Heavenly like a heads up about what was really going to go down. Um, And (laughs) this is when we find out that Toya has two phones. And I need to know why. (laughs) Like, let's let's talk about that. Okay, because it's giving Martel Holt, and I don't like that. Maybe we'll get into it later. Maybe we won't. I don't know, but I I need some, I need some answers. So anyway, um, Anila gets there and she hands over her phone, but you know, not without questions like, "What the hell is going on? Why do you want my phone?" And so when Quad gets there, she was just like, "What?" <laughs> She's like, well, wait a minute now. Where's everyone else's phones? Because there's only one phone in the bucket. And I see more than one person here. So what the fuck? And like, that's fair. They should have put all of their phones in there. You know what I mean? At least everyone but like Contessa. That would have made the other ladies less suspicious. So Quad was like, yeah, no, I'm not giving you my phone. So I guess I'll leave. <laughs> and she walks out. <laughs> so they have to go chase her, bring her back. And she did end up uh, handing over her phone. Now, when Jackie gets there, she does the same thing as Quad. Like, she doesn't want to hand over her phone. So she's like, okay, well, I'm just going to leave then. <laughs> and she walks out. But I mean, like, Jackie has a reason to, you know, want to keep her phone close. Like, she's a doctor and maybe she's on call. So she needs to have her phone close by. And she said that, (laughs) you know, she was like, I'll put it on the counter or something, but I'm not putting it in that bucket. But Toya would not stop biting her on it. And Jackie was like, well, you know, Toya just doesn't understand because she doesn't have a job. Like, (laughs) she doesn't get it. So Simone had to run out and get Jackie and... They, you know, she comes back and then they make their way down to the home theater. So when Contessa finally tells everyone why they're actually there, Quad was like, oh, no, (laughs) y'all are some low down, dirty people for doing this because Heavenly's going to feel ambushed. (laughs) And side note, I just love it when she calls people dirty and low down. (laughs) Like, I don't know why, but it makes me giggle. So anyway, um, poor Anila, she looked scared. She was just like, yeah, I don't want to be involved in this. And I was like, I do not blame you. I wouldn't want to be either. And y'all, I am not even going to lie to you. I got so nervous when Heavenly showed up. Like, oh my God, this is going to be bad. This is going to be so bad. And like, she's so excited when she gets there. She's like, okay, what are we watching? Where are the snacks? Like, she's in a great mood. (laughs) So... Contessa turns the TV on and starts playing the clips from Heavenly's YouTube show. (laughs) And Heavenly is just talking shit about all the ladies in these clips. And she is sitting there just laughing at herself. (laughs) And I laughed out loud because that shit was too funny. Like, she was laughing so hard and so loud. Like, she was too tickled. She thought there was nothing wrong nothing wrong with what she was saying about the women. She was like calling them ugly and whatever and desperate and quad sleep with married men and all this shit. And like everyone that she is talking about is in the room with her and she's still laughing. Like (laughs) she's laughing at every single clip that pops up on the screen. (laughs) 
And I was just like, oh my God, she is a mad woman, like <laughs> truly one of a kind. And um, did y'all peep quad taking notes while they were watching the videos? <laughs> I was like, what is she writing over there? <laughs> like <laughs> the stuff that Heavy Heavenly said about her in particular, or like what she wants to say to Heavenly, like, I need to know. <laughs> quad, show us the notes, babe. I need to know what you're writing. <laughs> So anyway, um, when Heavenly finally stops laughing, <laughs> all hell breaks loose between her and Contessa. They're literally screaming at each other in each other's faces. Heavenly is like hugging Contessa for some reason, but Contessa isn't having it. I was like, oh my God, are they going to fight? Meanwhile, the other ladies haven't moved an inch. <laughs> okay. They're like, yeah, I think they've got it under control. No need for us to intervene. Girls, they absolutely do not have it under control. <laughs> it's quite the opposite. But I i mean, I wouldn't go out there either, to be fair. Now, listen, should Heavenly be talking all that shit and being messy on her YouTube show? No, probably not. Is it nice? No. But she's right when she says, you know, if you don't want people talking about your marriage, then you shouldn't be out here talking about it. Like, Contessa, you were talking all that shit about Scott last year, and we rallied around you, but you're the one that said everything, you know? So I think that she's more mad at herself than anyone else. Like, I mean, she's mad at Scott, too, like Heavenly said, and like, her anger is misdirected. But I think the person that she's most mad at is herself. So overall, the intervention was, you know, a fail. Um, it was never going to go well. And we all knew that. But I'm glad that they did it because I was thoroughly entertained. And I got a lot of good laughs out of it. So yeah. Um, oh my God. Let's talk about uh, Simone and Cecil having lunch with Omarosa. I was like, okay, I'm getting my answers as to why the fuck she's on this show. Because when I saw it in the trailer, I was like, what is going on? Am I seeing things? But apparently Simone and Cecil are like very good friends with her and they have been for years, like way before her Trump days. And I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> very interesting. You know, now that is a woman that was made for TV. Like talk about a reality TV villain. Woo! Omarosa, she was truly that girl. Like, and she seems to have mellowed out though. Like, and I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. I'm pretty sure she's married to a pastor now, actually. Um, not that that matters. Anyway, Omarosa is going to help Cecil and Simone out with their book. So she's just like giving them advice or whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, what we learned, though, is that the book isn't a relationship memoir, but I wish it was. Like, I'm way more into that than a, like a relationship advice book, but whatever. You know, I support them. They're my favorite couple on the show, like hands down. Um, so that's it for them. What a wonderful and hilarious episode. I'm married to medicine. God, I love them. Oh, now Beverly Hills. Don't love them so much. Um, I don't have like a whole lot to say about Beverly Hills because, you know, it's sleepy. But I do have a few thoughts and some of them are coming from last week's episode because I didn't talk about them last week. Um, so Kyle hosted a luncheon with Jamie Lear. Oh my God, here I go again. I was doing, I was doing so well um, with Jamie Lee Curtis to talk about their new charity. And let me tell y'all something. 
Jamie Lee Curtis is an angel. They shot uh, that last Halloween movie here in Charleston. And I would see her in this cute little coffee shop that was by my job at the time. And I never, um, I never did anything more than just like say hi to her, but she was always so friendly. Um, and that's my Jamie Lee Curtis story. <laughs> it's a short one. Um, so during the luncheon, <laughs> Jamie, she's showing off all of these items that the ladies are getting in their little swag bags or whatever. And Dorit did some major ass kicking, ass kicking, no, <laughs> ass kissing that day. Um, I've never seen anything like it. That lady was acting like she'd never seen a tumbler, a license plate holder, a dog leash, a candle, or a wind chime before. Now, I will have to agree, though. <laughs> that wind chime is very chic. It's just like matte black, no stupid charms or like stained glass shit on there. Like, I'm against wind chimes in general. I don't know why. I just am. I think they're ugly and stupid. Well, I guess that's why. <laughs> but if I had to get one, I would get that one. So anyway, after Jamie leaves, they have to talk about Diana and Sutton's lunch. And Diana said that she had to scrub herself after her lunch with Sutton. And I said, oh, that's funny, because that's how I feel after I get the tiniest glimpse of her. And like, please believe that's all I get. Because if there is a solo scene of hers, I am fast forwarding right on through it. Like, I'm not watching that. So Dorit is taking Diana's side so hard. It's very weird. Like, she doesn't even know this lady. Does she think that she's gonna like give her some expensive gifts or something? Like, I'm very confused. And so Sutton ends up apologizing to Diana again and I get so mad every time she apologizes to her. Like, and not only did she apologize, she was like, oh, I take 95% of the blame, which is bullshit. Like Sutton, stop apologizing to her. Like, cut it out. You don't need to do that. Um, oh, now let's talk about how much of an asshole Kyle is. So Crystal is talking about her eating disorder. And then Kyle, of course, has to overstep. She's like, okay, so do you binge or do you just like eat very little? And you can tell that Crystal is like taken aback by it. Like if she wants to tell you all of that, she will. But don't ask. That's just like so rude. Um, but Crystal answers her anyway. And then Kyle's like, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I know it all because I also had an eating disorder. And, you know, she starts like sharing about that. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, well, this is interesting because what you're doing is essentially the same thing that Sutton did with Diana in this whole, you know, miscarriage thing, except you're actually overstepping and you're like way out of line. Oh, it was disgusting. Oh my God. And then at Diana's Christmas party, Erica was asking Crystal about her eating disorder. And she was like, you know, Crystal was talking about like how much she's been struggling lately and that she needs some help. And Erica's dumb. Oh, her dumb drunk ass is like, oh, well, you know, you could just take laxatives to get rid of the food. And she was like, you know, you would rather vomit. I'd rather poop it out. But that's just me. Like, girl, fuck you. Nobody asked you. Like, she's even worse than Kyle. And to make things even worse, someone comes around with food and Erica's like, she says to Crystal, it's chicken tenders and fries. You can't have that. And I just, again, was like, girl, fuck you. I just, oh, she's awful. 
And for some reason, Diana's husband decides to like sing a song at the Christmas party. And he can actually sing, so it's fine, I guess. But Erica, again, her drunk ass starts singing along. <laughs> she starts singing along. And like, she sounds like, I mean, we all know how she sounds. She sounds terrible. It's bad. Boo, tomato, tomato. Like, girl, this is not a sing along. This isn't karaoke. We are not caroling right now. You got to shut up. And everyone just keeps looking at her like, oh, my God, stop. But she's completely unaffected by this. Okay, (laughs) she sings the entire song with him. And it was a mess. Again, I am not a fan of Erica's, but she she has been making me laugh a lot this season. And it's unintentional, too. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I don't want to laugh at her, but she's being really funny sometimes, not all the time. And speaking of Erica, Garcelle is convinced that Erica is an alcoholic. And like, as much as I love Garcelle, you know, and I'm usually on her side, I'm not with this thing in particular. I just think that we got to be a little bit more careful about calling people alcoholics now. Um, Yeah. And like Erica's explained, you know, she's on these new meds and that and that coupled with, you know, alcoholic beverages just makes her out of control. She knows that, but she doesn't give a shit. (laughs) She's like, oh, well, I'm going to have some drinks anyway. And if I show my ass, like, it is what it is. My life is already shitty. How much worse can it get? (laughs) You know? (laughs) I mean, she didn't say that, but I feel like that's where she's at with everything. (laughs) But yeah, she's not an alcoholic. Um, And on the subject of alcohol, uh, PK got a DUI, and I guess he didn't tell Dorit about it right away. Like, I don't know. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I'm happy that no one got hurt, but I honestly don't care. Um, Sutton, she went on a date with Sanjeet, and it was actually so cute. Like, she was awkward and like wearing another ugly sweater with a cat on it. <laughs> but you can tell she really likes this guy. And it's really nice to see. Um, it would also be nice to see her distance herself from those cat sweaters. But, you know, I digress. Um, and that's literally it for Beverly Hills. Um, I don't I'm I don't know if y'all have noticed or not, but I haven't been covering Dubai I kind of fell off with that one. I haven't watched like the past three to four episodes and I'm sure I'll get around to them eventually, but it's just not like a priority for me. And it's not bad, but it's also like not good, if that makes sense. Like I'm not giving up on them though. I mean, it is, it's their first season. So I think that they just need some time to get their footing and get the casting exactly right. So I'm sure that next season will be better because Caroline and Nina will be gone and hopefully Phaedra will be on there. <laughs> um, fingers crossed. But yeah, that's it for this week, y'all. Um, make sure you're following me on Instagram and Twitter at Mainly Raven. For bonus content, go to patreon.com slash bitch is better. I've got some fun episode ideas to do now that uh, Ultimate Girls Trip is over. So yeah, I will be back next week. I love y'all. Bye.